Inside the large chapel, rows were filled, save for the front pew. Kerry Farinisi made her way silently to it, trying to avoid eye contact with the other mourners in case she started crying again. She sat alone, a slim figure in black linen, her head bowed as she studied her hands, clasped in her lap, as though trying not to acknowledge the unadorned coffin that lay in front of her. In the row behind her sat two of Milton's daughters. Their expressions appeared to be eternally disapproving. There were conversations carried on in hushed tones, and many a head leant forward to study the widow, ostracised to the front pew. With a clatter, a late arrival rushed in, hair dishevelled, huge dark glasses obscuring her face as she glanced around and, seeing her sisters, hurried forward. She paused, looked at the lone figure of the woman in the very front, and deliberately sat immediately behind her with her sisters, who greeted her with solemn nods of the head. If the young widow was aware of the arrival of her youngest stepdaughter, she did not show it, but everyone else noted the deliberate snub, and eyebrows were raised. The widow straightened her back as the memorial service began. Brief but sincere eulogies were delivered by the director of the Modern Art Gallery, the director of the International Sculpture Centre of Australasia, the governor of New South Wales, and an esteemed artist who described the renowned late sculptor Milton Farinisi as a national treasure who had helped shape the form and standing of Australian sculptors internationally. Milton Farinisi built a formidable reputation and his body of work will live on for centuries, challenging our senses, our concepts of the interpretation of harmony, space and logistics, while expanding our intellectual horizons, minds and hearts, as he did personally as well as professionally. Milton's legacy, in marble, bronze, stone, wood and paper, will continue to inspire. Milton had a talent that dwarfed his contemporaries, this talent and love for life, equally majestic, sometimes threatened to swamp lesser mortals. In Milton's company, you were in no doubt that you were in the presence of a genius who was happiest when he had a chisel and a hammer in his hand. He leaves behind a wonderful family of three lovely daughters and a devoted wife, but it is his intimidating, awesome sculptures that will continue to touch our hearts, minds and nerve endings, and bring wonder to those who stand before them and ask, what kind of a man could create this? Those here today were privileged to have known and loved him, and we can all acknowledge that there will never be another Milton Farinisi. The next speaker came not from the art world, but from the world Milton had long left behind, an Italy not yet recovered from war. He spoke of Milton's parents, who had come to Australia with their young sons and forged in them a desire for stability, permanence and beauty. Partly as a result of their sacrifices and influence, Milton's magnificent creations were displayed around the world as a beacon and a symbol of one man's steady footprint on the surface of an increasingly fragile and rocking planet. A faint cultured accent of northern Italy clung to his words, and Kerry smiled briefly at the elderly, courtly friend of her husband's parents, dressed in a vintage, shiny dark suit that had seen better days and happier occasions. 
The final eulogy came from Milton's youngest daughter. Alia walked to the podium, her face streaked with tears, and reached for the microphone, bringing it closer. My father was a great man. Everyone here knows him for his his work, for being charismatic and out there. Her mouth twisted, whether in a grimace or a smile was hard to tell. But I, we, know he was a wonderful father, fun and loving, and that is how we will remember him, as the father who loved his little girls. Her head moved, and behind her dark glasses, she gave the impression that she was looking at her stepmother before continuing. We had to share you, but we love you, Daddy.